Welcome back to Draft Us. I'm Walter. We're here. We're back. It is time. Football is almost here. We think. We 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 hope. Anyway, uh, and thus next week, I keep on pushing it off, but I, I keep on like getting a little bit worried. COVID, everything else. Uh, and I, I have my ranks together. They're being finalized for fantasy. Then we'll go into them next week. Um, today we are talking offensive line. Uh, and then next week we'll finish up all with the early looks, the the the, foot, the fantasy, the footballs, the players, the teams. We might have some sexy guests. We might just have me and my imaginary friends. But how we go. Anyway, welcome back to DraftFice. You can follow the podcast at DraftFice on Twitter, DraftFice underscore uh, football and Instagram. You can follow me at brojo. Death is in the end of life. Punch like a delicious drink you drink in the summer. And since we're talking about fantasy next week, and since we're talking about teams and their futures, there is a particular unit on every team that plays almost every down of an offensive snap that I think makes the biggest deal, and uh, not the biggest deal, but it's definitely part of the biggest deal as to whether a team is is good or bad, right? And it's it's the trench, is everybody. It's the trenches. It's the offensive line. If you know me, you know I'm a big fan of offensive linemen. My favorite player formerly in the NFL, Joe Thomas. My favorite player currently in the NFL is unfortunately a defensive lineman, but hey, I like those guys too. Those guys are awesome. Uh, we might do a rankings of those guys too. But right now we're talking O-line, offensive lineman in the NFL. I am ranking the team's offensive lineman going into the year, right? There are two teams that, that sit on top. There have been no changes or minimal changes on these teams. Actually, none. They, they both have a lot of consistency going into the year. They are the top two offensive lines. And it is the Indianapolis Colts and then the Oakland Raiders, right? Indianapolis Colts, they got Quentin Nelson. They got Ryan Kelly. They got Mew Hort back. They got uh, they got uh, the the two guys on the other side of the line. Uh, yeah, you think I should know, right? Why do you not remember names off the top of your head? You are literally doing a podcast. You could print it out in front of you. Listen, I will get. I'll touch back on the other guys. I think Brandon Smith's one of the other names on that. He's the right tackle. Uh, he was a little bit lesser of a, no, a name, right? He got drafted like in the third round a couple of years ago. So there's a reason why not everybody remembers his name, but they remember Quentin Nelson because Quentin Nelson's a big, sexy dude. Um. So, yeah, the Colts, they've had consistency on their offensive line. They got guys back. Muhort was the big question going into the offseason. Was he going to be back? Was he going to – and was he going to retire? And he came back. He signed a deal. He's there currently. Um, uh, you know, we all know Quentin Nelson. We've seen the tapes. So, uh, Colts, a lot of people kind of, like, consistently do believe in the Colts. I believe in the Colts' offensive line. I think it's the best offensive line Phillip Rivers has thrown behind ever in his life. That's a good thing. They got two great running backs who can run behind that offensive line. That offensive line is set. So we don't really need to go much into the offensive line of the Colts. In fact, I think the bigger deal, uh, the team that doesn't get talked about as much for their offensive line, the Oakland Raiders. And they were like a big team a couple years ago with their offensive line, right? Uh, now they got uh, Trent Brown on the right side, the Colton Miller, who really has developed into a solid left tackle. I think it's it's a good thing. I mean, we're starting to see guys, you know, he you know, he had the high upside. I think he's the reason why people were like pegging Ezra Cleveland for potentially going to like some teams a little bit higher in the first round because he has the athleticism. Their interior is very good too, right? They got Richie Incognito as left guard, right guard is Gabe Jackson, Hudson's at center. So, dude, that's a set stacked offensive line. They stole that uh, center, by the way. They stole Hudson from the Chiefs. They got him in free agency. That's why I guess they didn't steal him. They just paid him more. But they've had Hudson for a few years now. That offensive line is stacked. I think that's 
I think it's highly underrated, right? So Josh Jacobs you know, might be a good reason to invest in him in fantasy. Uh, so, yeah, those are the top two offensive lines. That's an easy one, right? Saying the top two guys in, in uh, the league is easy, right? Number three. Uh, so this is like the next tier down, right? Honestly, this next team that I have is the number three. Would have probably been number two or one potentially, but uh, they had a little bit of turnover in the offseason, right? Uh, didn't, didn't expect it either. It's the uh, the New Orleans Saints, everybody. Uh, yes, I love the New Orleans Saints offensive line. Ramchek, Armstead. Uh, they got uh, they just drafted a, a new guard uh, or center, depending on how they want to go about it. Um, but again, they uh, but they got rid of Larry Warford, which is why I'm a little concerned, right? Uh, uh, I like the team. Uh, they just paid Andreas Pete for a little bit of extra cashola to keep him on the team. I like their offensive line. They, I've, I've loved their offensive line for years. Uh, again, I think their tackles are great. The The interior of their offensive line has been really good. Um, this has been a very solid team and a very solid unit for the last, you know, couple years. I just don't like the turnover. They decided to invest a first-round pick on an interior offensive lineman and in corresponding move, release offensive lineman. Now, it sounds like they're trying to get more athletic, though. That was kind of the reasoning behind the the release of Larry Warford was that he just didn't fit the scheme that they wanted to be using. So they might be doing a lot more outside zone and a lot more pulling, and they just felt like he couldn't do that. That's why Larry Warford got released. Then he went ahead and opted out. He's not signing with the team now. So I get it. I, I, I'm not as much of a fan of it as uh, as others might be, but you know what? Good move on their end. Whatever. <laughs> uh, the next team on this list... Uh, I have the Eagles, Patriots, and Dallas as like the next section of teams, right? Um, Eagles got Travis. Uh, they got uh, Jason Kelsey. They got Peters. They unfortunately don't have Brandon Book Brooks, which would make this a way more solid pick of an offensive line. He tore. Uh, he, he, I believe he tore his Achilles or his ACL. He tore. Uh, he tore something in his leg. He's not playing this year. Um, they did get Jason Peters back to play right guard. He used to be their left tackle. Now they have Andre Dillard at left tackle. So it seems like they're trying to keep a little bit of consistency there. They got guys who they you know brought back. Uh, I think Jason Peters can at least do the job of. He's not going to be Brandon Brooks, but at least he's going to be you know a solid interior piece. Uh, you know maybe decent. And again, like yeah, you got the pieces there, right? I, I still believe in this offensive line. I believe in it a little bit less, little bit less, but I still believe in it. I still like it. Um, but that's the piece that that's missing is the Brandon Brooks piece is a very big piece to be missing. That's why they're not higher up. That's why this tier is kind of more of an amalgamation tier. Um, Patriots, right? Uh, Thune, Andrews, the interior three are great. Um, the tackles may be a little bit more questionable. Isaiah Wynn, you're hoping he's going to, you know, be that, the, the guy who they drafted a couple years ago. Now he's got a second year actually playing his first year. He lost to injury. Um, the other side, Marcus Cannon opted out. I think the bigger issue with the Patriots, though, is they lost uh, Dante Skarniecki, right? He retired uh, after convincing him to come out of retirement to be, you know, the, the O-line coach for a bit. I think losing Dante Skarniecki is a bigger deal than any of the offensive linemen that you, you could throw at that. I mean, not any offensive linemen. I mean, we've seen, like, coaches just do, do wonderful things, right? He's probably one of the top three offensive line coaches that were in the NFL last year. Losing Dante Skarniecki for the the Patriots is actually, I think, the bigger issue for me. Uh, but I still feel safe with their offensive line, 
right? And like this is I'm looking at this kind of from a fantasy perspective still when I'm looking at these offensive lines and like I still don't think the, like I don't think the Eagles are going to like their offensive lines not going to lose you uh your season and I still like the players that are on that team. So I, I feel like offensive line wise, same thing with the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots offensive line is the thing that's going to make them lose this year, at least offensively. Uh, unless there's injuries and COVID happens and all the other BS that could happen this year because anything goes in 2020. That's just how it rolls. Um, the next team on the list, I think some people probably think this team should be higher up. It's the the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I actually do like the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, uh, but they lost Travis Frederick. When they didn't have Travis Frederick a couple years ago, they had a much reduced offense. The guys who they have in the building, uh, a Mr. Connor McGovern, uh, not the same Connor McGovern that's on the Jets. They, you know, they didn't make duplicates of him. Uh, maybe they did. I don't know. Uh, so Connor McGovern's going to be competing for that job. They also drafted uh, Tyler Biotish in like the fourth or fifth round this year. He's going to be competing for the center job. I, I'm not a huge fan of Connor Williams at left guard, but Zach Martin's amazing. Uh, Leo Collins has really come along as the right tackle, and then everybody loves Tyron Smith. So I, I love, you know, I, I like that offensive line. I do believe in at least three of the pieces there. That usually can cover up quite a bit, and it's, I think it's the, probably the three best offensive linemen. At the, I, I, think, I think those are good spots to have. I think those three guys are good. They might cover up for some of the weaknesses. You hope you don't have any other injuries, though, too, and that's been a problem with that team in the past, especially Tyron Smith. He's had some back issues. Zach Martin even had an issue last year, which is very rare. Zach Martin's usually been generally the healthiest guy on that team, uh, bar none. So... Dallas, I still believe in you, Dallas. Uh, next on the list, right, it's uh, teams that, again, we're we're sticking to some teams that, uh, and maybe Dallas should be lower. Maybe the teams I'm already talking about should be lower. I don't know. Um, but I do, like, they had consistency. They've been good at developing guys, and they've had good offensive line coaches generally in the past. Uh, the Bills comes in at number seven, right? They've, they they rebuilt their offensive line in one offseason, everybody. Uh, Quentin Spain's been great for him. Mitch Morse has been great for him. That was a big off-season signing. And as of the time we're recording this podcast, they just extended Deion Dawkins, right? Big move. I like it. Smart move. We're going to talk a little bit about the, the contract extensions at the end of this podcast for a couple of major players. But uh, Deion Dawkins, man, I like it. He's, he's a solid left tackle. That's what you need. And then, uh, you know, Cody Ford, you're hoping he takes a step forward. They signed Brandon Winters, who kind of just was, like, released from the Jets the other day. And then the the, the Bills just went, you want to come over here? And they were like, yeah, yeah, it was not that far of a drive, to be honest. I mean, it's a far drive. It's like five hours from the from New Jersey or from, like, where he's probably in the New York area near the Meadowlands. Probably about five or six-hour drive to Buffalo. But still, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's better than having to move completely across the country. So, yeah, uh, Brandon Winters, uh, Brian Winters, he's up there now, too. Cody Ford, uh, Mitch Morse, Quinn Spain. Uh, I think they still have Ty Insecki as well. They got a lot of pieces, a lot of offensive line depth up there. Bills, I feel very safe about their offensive line situation. Packers, Packers are the team in this, this tier uh, I'm a little bit more squeamish about uh, because they lost Brian Bulaga, who I thought was a very important piece to their offensive line. I love Bakhtiari. Uh, Eggleton Jenkins actually played really well last year. Uh, I, I like I like quite a lot of their pieces on that offensive line. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's a very good offensive line. Uh, Wagner's coming in to replace uh, potentially replace Bulaga. He'll compete for the right tackle spot. Maybe they'll switch him into guard and play somebody else at right tackle. I haven't seen Wagner play guard, but uh, yeah, I think that might be what they're gonna be trying to aim to do. 
uh, after losing Bulaga in free agency. Uh, I, I just, I, I just, I flash back to last year when Bakhtiari and Bulaga were not on the field. It was a lot harder on that offense, right? So now you're losing one of those key guys. Granted, neither one of them stays healthy all the time, but when they're healthy, they're the best guys on the field, and they keep Aaron Rodgers upright. You want Aaron Rodgers upright for your offense to run. So uh, that's why, you know, Packers, I do feel a little worried about their offensive line. Titans, right? You know, Titans actually probably should be higher on this list. I'm not going to lie. The problem is they didn't re-sign Jack Conklin. Otherwise, Titans would be in the top four. Titans would be top ten. Like, they would be the top team. They might be one of my top teams. Great offensive line last year. They did not bring back Jack Conklin. Uh, I maybe have a difference of opinion on how I would have addressed their offensive line issue. Uh, instead, they went with Dennis Kelly. They drafted Isaiah Wilson. They have a couple of other guys in that building. So they And they really believe on their uh, they believe in their team. Uh, I love Taylor Lewan. Uh, they went and got Sullivan a, a year or two ago. So that was a smart move on their end. I like that team. I like the offense that they're running. It does sound like they're going a little di- bit different of a direction on the offense from what I'm hearing in the ether. Um, so maybe that's why they let Conklin go and you know drafted a guy and you know brought back Dennis Kelly and saw like what they can do with that offense with the pieces they got there. Uh, either way, still like the offensive line. Um, I just am not in love with it. So, like again, I I would have brought I, Titans would be a top four pick for offensive line, maybe even top three. I don't know. We uh, could have been top two, I, but they lost Jack Conklin. So, and anyway, listen, I'm happy about it. I'm a Browns fan. He went to my team. We'll talk about the Browns in a little bit. Uh, so let's talk 49ers, right? 49ers is a little weird, right? How are they this high on this list? Their interior has not been really great. Um, you know, Weston Richburg really at your center position. Come on, Walter, what are you doing here? But I think the scheme helps out with this. Sometimes I might address something with like, well, I feel okay with this offensive line. I feel okay with the scheme. They lost Joe Staley. They brought in Trent, uh, Trent Williams, uh, right side. They got, uh, they got, uh, Mike McGlinchey, I think probably top two right tackle in the NFL It's him and, and uh, Mitchell Schwartz, I think, or and Ryan Ramchak, those those three guys are the top right tackle in the NFL, in my opinion. I love those guys. Trent Brown's also really good. Um, but yeah, I think those are the like top right tackles in the NFL. So, 49ers, maybe they should be lower. But this is we're starting to get into that area where it's like you got the the high end offensive lines that are generally the best offensive lines in the NFL. Then you're starting to get into the area of above average, slightly above average, average, right? And now that we're hitting, like, 49ers territory, well, their scheming is really good, so their offensive line looks a lot better, and they just seem to do really well. They were really good last year. They, you know, they're, they were really good at getting the ball going. Again, a lot of it's scheming with, you know, they, and they, they do a lot of, you know, 21 personnel. Uh, you know, they do like to use the fullback a lot. They, and they even signed, you know, they signed George Kittle to an extension. That we're going to talk about at the end of this episode. They signed Jordan Reed, uh, it, you know, very recently. So now they've got a couple of pieces there. They got, uh, you know, they love using check. He's like their chess piece in that offense. Garoppolo is going to be in his second year. So, again, like with all those pieces there, yeah, maybe the offensive line itself probably doesn't deserve to be this high. It's probably the scheming. But, again, a lot of it sometimes you just feel safe with it. And I don't think they're a great pass-blocking offensive line. I do feel like they're a, a decent, especially outside zone run-blocking offensive line. Uh, and then, again, they ran a lot of gap power, too. They like to throw things at you now. Uh, that's just what Shanahan does. Uh, after them, it goes Steelers and Ravens. 
uh, the bane of my existence. Uh, Steelers I have still relatively high up. Uh, you know, losing Mike Munchak, you kind of I think that might have been part of the issue last year. The other part was obviously Big Ben. Uh, when you have a bad offense, it just makes your team look worse. Uh, they still have DeCastro there. DeCastro's still, I think, the best offensive lineman on that team. Uh, Pouncey starting to, you know, kind of give up ground a bit. Uh, Villanueva at left tackle, he's really good. He's not amazing. Like, he's above average. Uh, you know, real, like, a really good's kind of an – but he's above average as a left tackle, solid left tackle. Feeler's actually getting moved to guard. He was their right tackle last year. Um, and he was good at right tackle, which is even weirder. So they're moving Feeler to left guard, and they're putting in Chikuma uh, Okafor, Okuafor, some name that sounds like it's from uh, The Sun Also Rises. And he just happens, you know, I don't know. I, I have not seen him play a game in the NFL. I, I saw a bit of his college tape a couple years ago, but I really couldn't tell you much about him as of this point as a, as a true player in the NFL. I don't know how his development's been. But it's the Steelers, so we will see. And they all, again, like they lost Mike Munchak. I think that's a big deal. That you know, now they're second year after losing Mike Munchak. Maybe they have a better idea of how their offensive line coaching's going. Uh, after them, it's the Ravens. I would have had the Ravens maybe a little bit higher on this list, but like I have questions on the interior of that offensive line. Right, Marshall Yonda, All Pro right guard, gone. Now he retired. Uh, Skur is coming off of an injury. Uh, you know, I do like the tackles, right? Orlando Brown's been a very good tackle for him. Uh, not Decker, the other guy, and that's uh, Staley. Not Staley. Ronnie Stanley. God damn it. Yes, Ronnie Stanley. Good left tackle. Probably actually a great left tackle. Probably one of the better left tackles. Got, it has a long career ahead of him. Um, Brown's been very good. It's the interior of that offensive line I have some squeamishness with, and I do think that's going to affect their offense a little bit. It's one of the reasons why I don't think the Baltimore is totally on the Super Bowl wagon just yet. Uh, it could be wrong. Listen, they could have guys in that building, and they did draft quite a few guards this year, so I'm not saying they can't be great. I'm just saying there's hope for the Browns and the Steelers, not the Bengals. Uh, and I'll tell you why about the Bengals in a little bit. <laughs> Clearly, it has something to do with the offensive line. Uh, Chiefs, right? Chiefs are on this list. Uh, I, Chiefs might belong a little bit higher. The problem is, is that they lost Lawrence Duvernay Tardif. To, he opted out because he's a doctor. He's helping people in need. This guy's a superhero, apparently. Um, then you follow him up. They had Lucas Nyang, guy who they drafted. He had some injury issues, but he opted out as well. Um, that might not be as big of a deal because actually, like, you know, you think about it, maybe he's getting a year off and he's also going to get healthy. He already knows he's on the team. They draft him in the third round. So he'll come back next year. I think that's a good deal. I think that that's fine. Uh, they did sign Coleccio Assembly, formerly of the Jets. Uh, he fits that scheme very well. Very much a power guard kind of guy. He used to be on the Raiders as well. I like KO. He's been around quite a bit, actually. Um, I think he fits what they want to do. Because uh, they, they run a lot more gap power. Uh, they also do a lot more screen game kind of stuff. I feel like that works very much with what they want to do. They still have two great left. They just have two good tackles. They got Mitchell Schwartz, the best right tackle, maybe the best tackle in the NFL. And then they also got Eric Fisher, who, again, has developed really well. I'm, we're starting to see a lot of these like athletic tackles develop eventually. Him, Colton Miller, um, Brian O'Neill. So we're starting to see guys like that develop. Uh, Lane Johnson. Whereas, like, for a while, we weren't seeing that right away, and we were like, we would see guys like, oh, you should have taken Taylor Juan, who was, like, you know, more technically sound than, say, a guy like Greg Robinson, who was kind of like that version of a tackle. 
But then again, Greg Robinson kind of developed on his own the last couple of years, uh, and then still wasn't great, but just better than he was. So they do develop. Uh, so yes, uh, Chiefs, I feel like, I, I don't worry about their offensive line. I, I like the scheme. Andy Reid's going to, you know, mix and match and screw with you. You know, they took Cam Irving and made him, uh, you know, a, a tackle, a guard. A, you know, they, they made, did everything with him. I, I, I like the coaching in that team. So I feel like their offensive line I'm not as worried about. Um, and maybe, again, I, I feel like this ranking list, it's not a pure this is the best, this is the worst. Like, keep in mind, this is more about comfortability with these teams. That's kind of how I'm running with the this ranking system because, again, we're looking at it from a fantasy football perspective. This, we're getting back into fantasy this year. Um, the, the After the Chiefs, it's the Buccaneers and the Falcons, right? I think these are the definition of league average offensive lines. The Falcons used to be above average for me in my offensive line rankings. And they could – both these teams can be better. That's the thing. They're league average or better, these two teams, I think. Um, you look at the interior of the Bucks; they got better last year. Alain Marpet came along. Uh, Donovan Smith has kind of now become an average left tackle. The real question going into this year was how they were going to handle right tackle. They drafted Tristan Wirfs. Hopefully he plays well at right tackle. Uh, he could use a little bit more junk in the trunk. A lot of people thought of him as a guard, but still, I like him a lot. So uh, I, I dig it. Uh, I think that their team's going to probably at least be average at, ta- uh, at offensive line and with the potential to be a very good offensive line. So that's the Bucks, the Falcons as well. Falcons, uh, you know, drafted Caleb McGarry and uh, Chris Lindstrom two, uh, a year ago. Uh, now you're expecting to see them take that step forward. They are now past their rookie year. They still have Jake Matthews. They still have Alex Mack, great center, good guy, former Cleveland Brown, badass. So good. I, that's great. Um, I, I like this team. It seems like they're, you know, they, again, league average offensive line or better, I think. That's kind of how it's going. Caleb McGarry, I was not really excited about coming into the, you know, when he was in the draft. I did like Lindstrom. Uh, I, you know, you're hoping Lindstrom takes a step forward this year. Comes at least a good right guard. Alex Mack coming up to the end of his career. Uh, and they also drafted a, a guy uh, in, the, you know, in the in the top 100 picks. I think it was the third round. That's, uh, that's potentially a, a solid center to eventually replace Alex Mack. Maybe he could step in at guard. So I, I do like a lot of the pieces that they got for the Falcons. I actually, the next team on the list, 16, is the Texans, right? The Texans, you're probably looking at me, Walter. The Texans, um, they're historically, Texans and actually Seattle are the next ones on this list. Um, yeah, don't punch me, but the Texans' offensive line problems last year really weren't offensive line problems. Their pressure problems now look like they're more Deshaun Watson problems because he holds the ball long. He does not let go. He tries to move around. He tries to maneuver. They, he did have, you know, don't get me wrong, that offensive line is still not amazing, but it's, I think it's better than what they were giving credit for. Titus Howard hopefully kind of develops a little bit more. Um, you know, you got Zach Martin's brother, Nick Martin, over there. Uh, you got... Laramie Tunsil, who they just paid $22 million a year to, who's highest-paid left tackle in the NFL, formerly a Miami Dolphin, who, by the way, they traded two first-round picks and a second-round pick to get. So I, I think their offensive line has gotten better. They're creeping back into the average range. Um, Seattle, another team that's kind of like, hey, they're kind of getting back up there. Uh, you're hopefully kind of grasping up to the, the higher ends of it. You know, Dwayne Brown's play well. 
Uh, they drafted Damian Lewis this year in the draft. Um, they also kind of hide things with scheme a little bit. They did a lot more power running. They're, they've been coached a little bit better after they got rid of, uh, oh, who's the guy that everybody used to make fun of? He's now he's actually with the Raiders offensive line coach, which blows my mind that the guy who like everybody made fun of, who was the, the, the O-line coach for – for the Seattle Seahawks, and they were horrible. For like, O line was horrible for Seattle during that serious period of time, but now all of a sudden, like yeah, that that team's gotten so much better. Um, they had though that offensive line got better, but also the Oakland Raiders line. I mean, I said it before; it's my top two offensive lines. So we we will see. Uh, so Seattle, I, I Dwayne Brown, I think he's played well for them. Uh, we'll see what happens with Jamarco Jones, former Ohio State guy. Could probably play guard or tackle. I like him a lot, actually. I was I was very high on him when he came out of the draft a couple of years ago. Um, I, I think there's a lot of pieces there. Like I said, Damian Lewis they drafted. I uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, after that, I have the Jags. I feel like the Jags are one of those teams. It's one of the two teams. The next two teams are going to be the teams I think could take a step up. Right? They're kind of they were below average last year. But I think part of it was health or, you know, they got pieces in free agency or in the draft that I feel like totally, you know, help them. Or, or again, like, so, for instance, the Jaguars, right? Cam Robinson was coming off an ACL, started coming on at the end of the year. Um, Norwell and Linder were not playing as well as they had done in the past. That's kind of the shocker. Maybe Norwell's playing in the wrong spot. Maybe he should be playing left guard instead of right guard. Uh, I personally don't know if that really made much of a difference for Norwell. Um Right tackle, Juwan Taylor, they drafted him last year, second round, he, because of injury red flags. But he played all of last year, and he played, like, not horrible. So, he was, you know, we're expecting a step forward from him. If this unit step, takes that next step forward, they can be very good. If they don't, they will be kind of bad. So, uh, Jags, Jags could be, again, a team that we are talking about next year as a top 5 to 10 offensive line. Or they are a team that needs to fix their offensive line. The only part that I didn't really, I'm just not a fan of their left guard, AJ Can. So uh, the next team on the list is my team, the Cleveland Browns, actually. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, some of the pieces they've got there, right? They got uh, JC Treader at center, uh, NFL PA president, by the way. Um, Joel Batonio, left guard. They signed Jack Conklin in free agency. Left tackle is Jedrick Wills. Uh, the big issue for the Browns currently has been that the right guard, oh, they traded away the right guard last year to get uh, Olivier Vernon, right? The Zeitler, now he's on the Giants. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, he was really good for them. Lost him. They didn't really have a true plan at right guard, right? They had Cush, they had Teller. Uh, they drafted Drew Forbes. Uh, so they going into this year, they still have Teller and Forbes. Forbes opts out. So do three other guys who were kind of like bench practice squad guys. They really weren't going to end up playing anyway. They really were hoping they weren't playing anyway. So I still with the right guard situation, I'm a little questionable on it. Um, Teller played better when he had guys next to him who were playing well. So, for instance, when he played next to Kendall Lamb, Kendall Lam when he played right guard and Kendall Lamb was playing right tackle, he actually played a lot better than when Hubbard was playing right tackle. So... I think there's something to be said for that. Also, Hubbard's still on the team as the backup tackle. So is Kendall Lamb. So they got two backup tackles who I think are really high-end backups. I'm actually kind of curious as to whether Hubbard might step in to play guard if Teller doesn't work out. 
Uh, there's been talks about them signing Ronald Leary. As of right now, that has not happened yet, but he, had, he has been in for a visit. Um, if that happens, my opinion on this offensive line goes from feeling hopefully optimistic to kind of good, right? Because Leary's actually a good guard. If they have that much depth on the offensive line, you know, they get this, like, 31-year-old veteran who's a solid right guard. I wouldn't mind if they signed that guy and they got him there long term, you know, for the next year and they got to figure out the right guard situation. I, I would dig that. I like that a lot. Um, Browns, again, another team that has that opportunity. They're also doing a scheme that's very similar to Kyle Shanahan's scheme. Uh, and they're going to be utilizing, again, a lot of, you know, outside zone, uh, which worked a lot, worked well for Jack Conklin, worked well for JC Treader, and worked well for Joel Petonio. It fits those guys, you know, movement skills. So I, I kind of like what they have right now. I like what they the options they have as far as their offensive line goes. I also like some of the depth that they got. It's just the right guard position. It's the depth at guard. What happens if Petonio or Teller go down? If Teller's the guy, you know, can they get a guy who can compete with Wyatt Teller? That's why I kind of like the idea of them going after maybe a Ronald Leary or a Klein, somebody to be there to who maybe knows the scheme system can, you know, block. You know, Leary has a relationship with uh Callahan that's the other big deal they got a new offensive line coach they went from they keep getting good offensive line coaches to come through there now they got probably one of the top three offensive line coaches to come in and in, in, in Callahan uh that could be a big deal uh and he's coached some great offensive lines I think he can make that offensive line great uh Jedrick Wills is kind of a question mark because again he's a rookie he's gonna be playing left tackle for him still I dig this offensive line Let's stop it with uh, the Browns, though. We're gonna, I'm going to get a, a hard-on, if you will. Um, next is the Carolina Panthers, right? Taylor Moten, right tackle, I like him. Uh, they traded for Russell Okung. They traded away Trey Turner. So the interior of that offensive line, a little questionable. They got Matt Paradise, who they, they, uh, they signed in free agency a year ago. Um, they got him from the Broncos. So they got pieces there. I, I don't think the O-line's bad. I don't think it's great. I don't have a particular piece. I, think, I don't think anybody there is an all-pro but I don't think anybody there is bad. I like Taylor Moten. Okung's kind of in the later years of his life. They, tra they got rid of Trey Turner, who was a, a good right guard, but he was always injured. Played play like you know 13 games, like you know the last two seasons, and they traded him to you know the Chargers. So it was a swap, Okung for Trey Turner. So and we're gonna get into the Chargers too. Uh, after the Carolina Panthers, we got the Cardinals, right? They have some uh, movement around their, their pieces on the offensive line. They have Justin Pugh, who they signed in free agency not too long ago. Uh, they extended DJ Humphreys, who's going to play left tackle for them. They have Josh Jones. They have Kelvin Beecham. They were going to have Marcus Gilbert back, but he opted out for the season. So they were going to have some competition at right tackle. Um, as far as you know, this offensive line goes, I don't see it being worse than last year. You know, DJ you know, Humphreys came along pretty well, so I, you got to like that. There's a reason why they extended him. He's probably about the definition of an average tackle, so we will see what comes out of that team. Uh, overall, though, like I, I think it's also a scheme that doesn't value high-end play on the offensive line. Like They try to utilize a lot of horizontal game play and movement and the run game and the run game from Kyler Murray and the spread offense. So overall, like if you know, you could probably see somebody step in there, like Josh Jones, and step in at right tackle and play well. Kevin Beecham, who's a little bit older, former Jet, former Steeler, um, they they could take a step forward. I actually don't think that's too crazy to think. Um, next on this list, they might they should probably maybe be a, like a spot or two higher. 
Uh, I would maybe feel a little bit better putting him up higher, except for a couple of question marks. But it's the New York Giants, everybody. Uh, yes, the New York Giants. They got Will Hernandez at left guard, Seitler at right guard. They got uh, Andrew Thomas playing left tackle, which I really do. Li I liked Andrew Thomas coming out of the draft, so I do like him. Rookie guy. Nate Solder, he opted out. I think that's actually – I have more questions about that contract-wise going into the next year or so. Um, but looking at, like, again, like a guy like Andrew Thomas, I really do like Andrew Thomas. I think it's better for him that he got to play left tackle this year and he's going to be in his natural spot. He's going to be where they probably wanted him to be. So I, I think he, you know, he might struggle as a rookie because, like, rookies struggle, especially on the offensive line. Right tackle is the biggest question mark, I think. Um, it's going to be, a you know, Cam Fleming or is it going to be Matt Pert? Um and then, like, center's kind of a little bit of a, a little bit of a question mark. I felt like they should have went after center a little bit more, at least in the draft. But overall, you know, I, I don't think it's bad. That's another team that could take a step forward. They could be much better than I'm expecting. Like, that's the, that's the thing with that team, I think, is, like, the Giants are another team that could take a jump forward and be, like, a mid to, you know, a mid-tier offensive line, right? Uh, after that's the Vikings. Right, they drafted Ezra Cleveland. They have a couple of pieces already on the offensive line, but they're you know they haven't they were definitely not a good pass blocking offensive line. Uh, you know, so I think it was like video of Riley Reef just letting a guy go at Kirk Cousin and kind of like helping him go. Granted, he addressed this on a podcast recently, and he said that he they were he thought it was a screen they were doing, and they were doing a whole different call. That's not a good thing though. Uh, it's not good when your offensive line thinks you're doing a screen and you're not doing a screen because that leads to a sack. So. Overall, uh, you know, Brian O'Neill, I like. Uh, I do like the fact that they drafted Ezra Cleveland. There's actually talk that Ezra Cleveland might play guard. They have Elf line at center. He has not been the best center in the world. Um, they all are – maybe they're not playing him at center anymore. Depends. Um, and then they also drafted a, another guy who actually – I think maybe he was playing center for him, uh, Bradbury. So uh, he was having a really hard time. Again, he was one of the reasons why he, he was better at – he was better at – run blocking because he you know a good outside zone run blocker but he was not great at uh, uh pass blocking part of it is he's kind of a little bit shorter stubbier so there's some question marks with him uh shorter like six one not shorter like he's three two um i don't know if there's anybody who's three two in the nfl uh but again solid in the outside zone run game which is what they want uh and i think that's kind of where they're going with that team i want to see what develops at ezra cleveland i like what i've seen from brian o'neill they got a couple of athletic tackles there um, you hope that they, they continue to develop. Uh, after the Vikings, strangely enough, I have the Broncos. The Broncos would have been higher on my list, except Juwan James opted out, so you didn't get to see him healthy. Uh, they exercise, They had an option with Ronald Leary. They let him go. That's why he was talking to the Browns. Uh, they still have Dalton Reisner, who I like. They, uh, they signed Graham Glasgow in free agency. They saw, uh, they drafted Lloyd Cushenberry, who I was kind of interested in in the draft. It depends on what kind of scheme you're running. Um, but, I, again, I think those three guys I'm okay with. The Bulls, Bulls has got to stop holding guys like he's going to tell them I love them. He's got to stop doing that. So that's really the issue with Garrett Bowles. If Garrett Bowles actually doesn't end up developing under Mike Munchak, that's the part that I do like about Denver is they do have Mike Munchak, right? If Juwan James was there and they, you know, and it, there was a couple of other things, you know, a couple of other pieces, they didn't let Connor McGovern go. And, you know, they let a lot of pieces go in free agency too. They, they you know, 
if I felt a little bit better about some of the pieces that were there, I would probably say, yes, I, I they should be much higher, especially with Mike Munchak being the O-line coach. That being said, I, I think there's – I don't feel as worried about them as I do other other ones in this grouping. But I just don't feel – there's not anybody who's special on this offensive line. There's not like a true all-pro guard or tackle on this O-line. As far as I know, I could be entirely wrong. There could be like a, a sleeper candidate on this O-line. Uh, after the Broncos goes the Chargers, right? Chargers are weird. Chargers might, like, you could argue they should be higher up because at least half that offensive line is pretty decent, right? They got Trey Turner, who they got in a trade, who's a little bit, you know, right guard, a little bit younger, but he hasn't played, you know, he's played 13 games the last two seasons. Uh, each season he's played 13 games, so he's missed about six games. Uh, also, you know, you got uh, Brian Bulaga at right tackle, right? So at least two spots on that offensive line really good. But, like, the left side of that offensive line I feel a little bit worried about, especially left tackle uh, after trading Russell Okung. They really didn't address it in the draft. Um, they still have Forrest Lamp and uh, Dan Feeney there. Um, Dan Feeney has not played well at left guard. Um, I'd be intrigued to see what Forrest Lamp does, but they don't seem to care about him. They got Sam Tevy. They got a couple of other pieces there. They got Mike Pouncey, more, uh, uh, Maurice Pouncey's brother um, of the Steelers. So they got Mike Pouncey, formerly of the, the Miami Dolphins. He's actually been pretty good for him when he's been healthy. So I, I like three of those guys I really like. It's two of them that I'm kind of like, there's two spots in that offensive line. If, the, if there was one more spot in this offensive line I felt better about, and if I felt like Trey Turner would actually last a full season, uh, I would actually be very interested in this offensive line and, and what they can do. Uh, let's go to the next spot. It's the Detroit Lions. Uh, they lost some pieces. I really didn't feel like they got anybody new. You know, they cut Wagner. They lost Glasgow to free agency. I do like Taylor Decker. I do like Frank Ragnow. Um, you know, they've got pieces there. They've got guys who maybe can step up. There was a guy they drafted out of Oregon a couple years ago who I was kind of high on. I'm intrigued to see if he, you know, ends up playing right tackle for him or he plays guard. Uh, but overall, like, again, that offensive line, you worry a little bit sometimes. You worry when there's a lot of turnover, especially on the offensive line. That's at least two spots on the O-line that they lost. That's a big deal. Um, after the lines, it's the L.A. Rams, right? L.A. Rams could bounce back, right? Whitworth, could, you know, Whitworth's 199 years old, but again, he's played like an immortal his whole time. You know, he's an immortal. We get it, but you just don't know. Like again, like you get old enough, even immortality might run out. Uh, Haverstein, uh, Haverstein is on the other side. He didn't play great last year. They did kind of rotate in some guys that they drafted uh, to play right tackle, and he, you know, they've played okay here and there. I, I kind of want to see. I think it was uh, the uh, Bobby Evans they drafted. He 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 was playing okay actually. I probably actually played better than Haverstein. So I I actually thought he was going to playing guard in the NFL. So and maybe that will end up being the case because their guard situation is actually more anemic. Right, that's kind of a bigger issue. Center is a problem for them. They didn't really dress um, offensive line very much last year. They lost Sullivan two years ago. This is the thing. Last year we were going in the into the the off season, and I said when they lost a lot of their interior guys and Whitworth was getting older, I thought it was going to be a problem, and it was a problem. Their offensive line does not give a lot of room to move. Everybody thought it was, oh, Todd Gurley's losing a step, and I actually don't think Todd Gurley really lost a step. I think what happened was is that guys got, you know, one guy got old, one guy got injured, one guy had a bad season, 
and now three of you know three of your top guys are just not there anymore. So it's just kind of it doesn't work like that. You gotta, uh, you know, I know they have a couple of guys that they drafted a few years ago. They really believe in those guys. They hope they develop. All power to you, but you didn't you didn't address it this year. It was weird. I, you know, don't get me wrong. I do like Sean McVay. I do like his scheme. They did kind of start working around that offensive line a little bit last year, but I am not excited. I'm not, you know, unfortunately, I just think that there's some real big problems for them. We will see, though. It, it very much could turn around. They can end up turning that team into, to, you know, a playoff team once again. Uh, after the L.A. Rams, I have the Bears, right? They lost Kyle Long. He retired. Before they lost Kyle Long, they were not a great offensive line. That was their best offensive lineman, and he barely played last year, I think, and he was injured, and he had so many problems. It was weird because, like, a couple years ago, they were a decent offensive line, and then last year they just couldn't get anything going. They couldn't block. They were, you know, part of it is I don't think they believe in the quarterback, and now they have, you know, Mitch Trubisky and Mitch Foles. And, again, that offensive line – I'm not excited about. They got Leno. They got uh, Bobby Massey. I actually know a Bobby Massey, not that Bobby Massey though. Uh, but Bobby Massey at right tackle. Um, yeah, uh, Chase Daniels. Not Chase Daniels. Um, that's the the quarterback that that every for some reason every Andy Reid guy loves Chase Daniels. Um, but they got like. I don't know. Either they're, I, I don't know what happened last year, but their O-line just could not block for shit. Uh, they couldn't get any, you know, their running backs couldn't go anywhere. You know, I, I, I just felt like they couldn't create. Again, I, I that offensive line's kind of meh. All right. So, again, this kind of area of the offensive line group, it's the ones I'm not excited about because they didn't develop. They, they are the ones ever since basically the – the Lions and the Rams, I just don't feel comfortable with them because they, they, they were not great last year and they took a step back, which worries me when that happens. Um, and they didn't add anything. Uh, the next team I'm going to have on this list actually added a lot. In fact, it added a whole new offensive line room, but given the offseason, they probably didn't have time to gel. So it's the Jets. Uh, the Jets have, I think, five new starters and guys who I really like. You know, uh, uh, they got... Of Kai Becton, who they drafted in the first round. They got uh, Van Roten. They've got Connor McGovern, the other Connor McGovern. Uh, at right tackle, it's going to probably be a, a fight between Chuma Adoga and you know, maybe somebody. You know, again, like, again, uh, left guard. It's. Oh, and George Fance there, too. Uh, left guard. Oh, Alex Lewis, who they had last year. They traded from the Baltimore Ravens, and he was a depth piece for them. And then now he's there kind of playing as, the, you know, uh, maybe a potential starter. I do think they, they have a lot of better players, and especially with Van Roten and McGovern. I think those guys can kind of build upon their play last year. They were about solid guys last year. Mekhi Becht is going to have a learning curve, so he probably won't be great right away. Um... Fant and Adoga are going to go at it for right tackle. Right, we'll see what happens. Uh, after the Jets, it's three teams that I just do not believe in their offensive lines whatsoever, right? I don't know which one's worse, to be honest. I think I'm going to go Cincinnati Bengals, Washington football team, and the Miami Dolphins, right? I actually think Miami might have the, the one that has the most likely one to take a step forward again because at least they address offensive line in the offseason, right? They uh, they drafted a couple of guys. 
They they signed some guys in free agency. Uh, so I can at least make the argument that, yeah, maybe, maybe you know, with Ted Karras and Eric Flowers and some of the pieces they already had there and some of the guys that they drafted, maybe they could actually move up the list. I just am not a super believer in their offensive line right now, but I can at least get my mind around it. I don't know if I can get my mind around the Bengals doing a lot better or Washington doing a lot better. Let's see. I could see the Bengals doing a bit better because Jonah Williams is coming back off of injury, right? He had torn labrum, comes back. I was a big fan of Jonah Williams. Um, offensive line coach got into a fight with, like, Cordy Glenn, and uh, there was a couple of issues last year where I, I just don't believe in that coaching staff either. Um, I do like uh, the, the center they've got there. He's pretty solid. Um, dude, I don't know what happened to – oh, dear God. They have Michael Jordan, who's formerly of Ohio State. They also have another former Ohio State guy who they drafted in the first round who has not played well for them. And, again, he was an interior offensive lineman. And they're all, their interior guys have been okay. And the fact that you can't get your first-round pick on the field is kind of a big issue. Um, right tackles. Yeah, it's Bobby Hart's the right tackle, I think. I think yeah, he's still the right tackle. God dang. I don't feel comfortable with that, that offensive line at all. So, I don't know. Uh, Bengals probably should be lower than Miami. And then the Washington football team, you know, got rid of Trent Williams. He wasn't there last year. But, uh, you know, Brandon Scherf, he's back. Okay. Uh, they lost Eric Flowers, who was actually probably the guy who played the best on the offensive line last year anyway. Uh, Sadiq Charles, who they drafted this year, I don't think is ready to play left tackle in the NFL and be somebody's blind side. Uh, you can maybe hope that uh, Moses comes back to being the high-end right tackle that he is. So there's at least some argument that the right side of that offensive line should be fine. I don't know. Center to left tackle, I feel more mixed about. So overall, uh, I'm not a huge fan of that team's offensive line at all. Let's talk real quick about a couple of the the major news Major news segment. Boom, 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 boom. I don't know. We'll come up with something new later on. Um, Everson Griffin signed a one-year $6 million deal with the Dallas Cowboys. This changes my opinion on their defense quite a bit. Now you got a bookend to go across from Demarcus Lawrence. You got a lot of depth on that defensive line now. You got Dontari Poe, Tyron Crawford, uh, Gerald McCoy, a couple of guys that they drafted like Tristan Hill. Um... So I and then also uh, Alden Smith in uh, Randy Gregory or maybe coming back we don't know. So defensive line wise, now I'm feeling a bit better about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I still don't feel great about their back end. Chidobi Awuzie is pretty solid. Uh, Jordan Lewis, eh. Uh, Trevon Diggs. He's going to be a rookie. He was a second-round pick for a reason. You know, I, I still think he's going to have an up-and-down season. He might be solid, but again, that back end is going to be a little weird. Uh. Kittle and Kelsey got extensions today, right? It was the day of the tight ends. Uh, Kittle got a five-year, $75 million extension, $18 million signing bonus, $30 million guaranteed. Uh, I'm a big fan of George Kittle. Kyle Shanahan gets his uh, his rogue chess weapon that he's always liked and has. Now he's got to play. You know, like I was saying before, he also got Jordan Reed for a one-year deal, very cheap. Um, I, I like it. I like Kittle. I think Kittle's maybe the best uh, tight end in the NFL. Uh, Kelsey's a, a really good receiving tight end as well. He got an extension, so he got a little bit of a pay upgrade. Uh, Deion Dawkins, I mentioned before with the Bills, he got an extension. 
So he's getting about the, actually he's getting about fifteen million dollars a year also. Um, four year I think it's like a four year sixty million dollar deal. So he's getting basically the same. He's getting the same amount of pay as George Kittle, but with one less year of commitment on the contract. Um, which is good for the player usually. Then uh, the last little bit of news: Darius guys got cut. He had a domestic violence issue. Um, I try not to comment on the legal aspects of it, but again, like that's just kind of. Uh, I'm just gonna say, like, again, now we're gonna have to look at, you know, who else is on that team who's gonna play right you now, play running back right away. Um, you know, he he cleared waivers as a free agent. I don't see anybody picking him up. I said this on somebody else's podcast, uh, Facetime with Facemir, uh, with Brenda Facemir, uh, that he is gonna be. I don't think he was gonna take the risk on him right away, uh, because the the three teams that would take the risk on him just don't have a reason to, right? Washington is one of the teams that would do that deal. And sign a guy who has a, a big issue, and they released him. So that kind of shows us a big red flag there. Um, it also could be just you know the, the coaching staff kind of realizes it as well. Like they have a new kind of trying to show that they're a little bit better than they used to be. Um, you know, Kansas City's the other team. Dorsey's not a GM in the NFL anymore. Uh, Cincinnati's already got a few running backs on that team. They don't really need another one who's got injury issues and ha- ha- likes hitting people that aren't you know playing football. So, and, and by the way, who knows? Like, again, he, he could have could have not done it. There were quite a few reports on it. So it was, it, it's a, I, I don't want to really comment on the news of the situation. Uh, I was really more just commenting on, do I think he's likely to land with another team? I think he's going to get put on the commissioner's exempt list if he goes on another team anyway. So we'll see what ends up happening. If he gets cleared, good for him, if, you know, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. I don't know. Uh, again, if you want, you can follow the podcast at DraftFice on Twitter, at DraftFice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow me at B-R-O-J-O. Death is in the end of life. Punch! Like a delicious drink you drink in the summer, in the summer, in the summer. Like, follow, subscribe. Uh, follow my other podcast called Punk Law 101. I talk all different kind of legal stuff, jargon, and stuff like that. There's videos on the on the YouTube channel that don't have anything to do with the podcast. This po- like there, There's videos on the – follow the YouTube channel. If you're not on the YouTube channel, if you're listening to this on the podcast, go to the YouTube channel. Follow it. I do short videos as well, also on the Instagram, also on the TikTok. But I also do legal videos, legal analysis videos. They're short. They're one minute. You can watch them. Uh, you know, talking about everything from the uh, broadcasting rights. At, why, why is there no uh, NFL football on Saturdays during college football season? I, I talk about things like that. The Washington football team's trademark issues, all those uh, things. So go ahead, check out Punk Law 101. Check out BROJO, Death is in the End of Life, and Punch. And uh, yeah, and uh, see you next week where I will actually be in everyday life.